0: Man, welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode three hundred and eighty-seven. Jason Lingren is with me, and we're happy to have Howdy McCoskey back with us. Uh, We're going to touch on a lot of things here. We're going to open up with old Keanu Reeves. I'm going to learn because I don't really know much about it other than his Ultra Kill Fest. What was the name of it? Prepare for war in twenty nineteen. Hint, hint, hint. But we're going to touch on world fairs and everything. And I'm very excited to learn from Howdy about the Dubai World Fair. I didn't even know that was a thing I'm so far from news. But anyhow, welcome, Jason. And good morning. So you got anything? No, I think let's just dive in here. Yeah, we're they're threatening a blizzard measured in feet here on the twenty. I guess the evening of the 28th as we record this. But uh, every time it snowed this year, it's been fear porn and local news, and we've barely gotten anything. That aside, welcome, Howdy. Hey, good to be back guys. It's been, I think it's been
1: almost a year since the last visit.
0: Yeah, it's been quite a while, which is unfortunate. Um, We should keep it in our mind to not let that much time go by when we do this again. However,
1: I didn't really have, I think, much new to say. And it's kind of like the timing is really interesting because now after one year of work, there's weird things happening right now. So it's a good
0: time to actually talk about this stuff. Okay. Well then maybe synchronicity wins the day here. I'm going to not verbatim go through your points, but there's so many things I want to touch on here. And as I was saying, Offer, I love the no-nonsense method where you start to identify an issue. And the methods you use, they're really indisputable. Like, you've got this many toilets, where's the plumbing? Um, these kinds of things uh, I appreciate. This is the kind of logic... That takes you down a road and you know your starting point is a good starting point. But let's jump in with Mr. Kinu. You informed me there's a TV series coming that I didn't know anything about. And I will say, before we get into all this, there's a book called Devil in the White City. Pretty sure we referenced it last time Howdy was here. We were talking about World Fairs. This is not the kind of book I typically read, but believe it or not, I think my mother or my father had handed it to me uh, because it was on the bestsellers list. And I will point out anything on the bestsellers list is there for a reason. If you look into how that works, or if you just simply use logic that anything at that level, like Oprah's book club, that is what they want in the world mind. And with that, I'll let you pick up. howdy. You-
1: yeah, I, I hadn't done a, a anything on the world's fairs for a long time. I was focusing on a lot of other topics on my channel. And uh, early January, I just started. Uh, I'm going to do something on the Paris Expositions because I was finishing some stuff on Southern France and my story there. So, I did these weird Expositions in the in the late 1800s, and as I was happened to be just by accident, bumping along looking for some information, the 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 which was January 11th, uh, an article had been posted January the 10th of this year, indicating that Keanu Reeves will be starring in a television series on a remake of or a make of the book The Devil in the White City. And the show is focusing on two key elements of the uh, of the book. One side is the is the mass murderer H. H. Holmes, which is a really weird story in itself to be ha- having going on at the at the Columbian Exposition. But the other one they want to focus on, of course, is Daniel H. Burnham, the supposed architect of this thing. And when I saw the article, the first the first thing that light bulbed in my head is, oh, why now? Why do they need to make this now? And I sort of started to realize, because so many of us, like not just me, okay, I wrote a book on the fairs, but a lot of really good people from uh, have fantastic YouTube channels, you know, John Levy, Michelle Gibson, Campbell, uh, Martin, we've been talking about this stuff for five, six years. And I think we've hit a certain point in the story where our our logical presentations and questions of the stories of the fairs have gotten so, so worrisome for certain uh those who control the historical narrative that I know for sure when this comes out sometime this year, how they built the fairs from the standard historical narrative is going to be front and center to try to to <laughs> to try to push people like me onto everybody's crazy list. And here's the answer. And and I, I, I see it like this is a response to the very book I wrote.
0: None of that would surprise me, Hadi. I remember when I first became known on YouTube and I would see things and I would think, is there any way that that's a response to what I've been doing? And then I think, don't get crazy. You're just a little YouTube dude. But as time went on, I realized that certain narratives, like at the time, the Apollo moon landing around, many of the things we were covering, it appeared to me that there was absolutely a pushback because so many people online were all of a sudden saying, we don't buy this. Well, my answer came when, what was it, Jason? I always mess this. Was it was it Newsweek? Do you, do you remember? I think it was Newsweek.
2: I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Newsweek interviews me and the guy they send to do it, his name was Max. Even-handed, fair, appreciate having been interviewed by him, but it was pretty clear. um, And around that time, National Geographic puts their fake Lunar Lander module on the cover. And so it was very clear that what you're suspecting is happening, uh, that did happen when we were questioning things. So to get back to it, the Devil in the White City, The I guess it's a novel, right? I, I guess right. we'd describe it as a novel. That came out, do you even remember how long ago?
1: Uh, wow, maybe in... Uh, 2003. 2003,
0: sorry. 2003. Yeah, I was going to say it must have been republished because yeah, that, that sounds about right. So this goes to the bestsellers list and anyone who reads it that has an eye, you can tell what they're doing and they're tying it to World's Fairs. But let's come back around to Kino do you have any sense as Kino, the the killer or the architect? The, uh, all I read is
1: the articles that are out there, and like I'm, I'm referencing one here, one of the World Fairs pages, and it says uh, there's no word yet unto which role Reeves may be entering, but it would be his first. It would be his first role in a major U.S. television show. If not the lead of the devilish homes, he may do well as the prolific but troubled architect Charles Atwood. That's what they have to say there. It's a Martin Scorsese, right? He was the one who had, uh, I guess, optioned this. And I think he's still involved in the mm. production of this.
0: So this tells you about scale and caliber. In other yes. words, they could have sent someone out with a 22 caliber, you know, bunny rifle. But what they've done is they've got a 357 or a 44 mag. When you hear Scorsese and go look, you know, anyone can, this, this is always so telling. Uh, look at what Scorsese has done and Keanu if I'm not mistaken he's about top of the stack right now having pulled out the matrix which really firmly put him in the world mind and then they came along with the ultra violence that is uh what is it John the wizard I mean John Wick and so doing that and pulling it over to TV that's a tell right because when you come yeah. to TV I think you're surpassing the numbers you might get on uh, on in movies if I had to guess
1: well, oh, I'm looking at this, it's going to be a miniseries for the streaming service Hulu. I'm looking at it in more detail. Mm. So it's going to go direct to this Hulu thing. And what's also interesting is the people who, the ones who bought the film rights way back in 2010 was uh, uh, Martin Scoresi and Leo DiCaprio. Oh. So they, in a sense, are both going to be the, pro- the executive producer. So they've had this for 12 years. They had, they've bought the project for 12 years, but it's now that they're making it.
0: So you're looking at the top of the mountain with the names like you're you're describing. These yep. these are a list. And when when I say a list, I'm not trying to make them sound important. I'm trying to communicate that there's very few souls in this world that don't know darn well who they are and what they've been in. To come back around, howdy, just to catch people up before we move on. What are some of the overarching eye-opening things that the online communities that, and yourself that have been looking into this have arrived at with regard? to why we had world fairs and what's interesting about them from, from an independent research point of view, not the mainstream narrative?
1: Yeah, I would say from what sort of, because each one of us has slightly different angles as to what we might answer. But I think in general, uh, we've come to the conclusion that they are, first of all, in some way, hiding architecture, either whether it's um, whether it's the ability to a technology to construct the buildings that they're not supposed to have or others would say it's it's an ancient it's ancient buildings that uh, have been cleaned up and made to look new before they're destroyed and it was I, I think we're all coming around now to this was the indoctrination point of a of a of the previous resets. somewhere in the 1800s was what we can call a worldwide reset and these fairs because they happened all over the world they were they were everywhere these fairs that were built in magical amounts of time, and then pretty much, you know, seven, 800, a thousand acres, and then blown up and destroyed as soon as they were done, that it was the presentation of history and science and and um, basically everything that had become, became our world was in a sense manufactured and presented at these fairs as the narrative. So if you, if you wonder what's the narrative we live under if you go back in time and dig into the fairs, you'll find that it was they were all presented at these fairs simultaneously all over the world. And I get the sense it was before television, before movies, before other ways of, of, uh, of propaganda. This is the way of indoctrinating the, the population and what you want to think. I think that's the number one thing they were there to do.
0: So when we were offline, mm-hmm. I had asked you, do, has anyone that you know of looked at the sky clock? Um, in conjunction with these so-called world fairs. And I made the observation that if I had to bet, I would t- try first to tie it to, uh, what's called the Soros cycle lunations of the moon and the metonic cycle. But to me, it kind of implied there must be something going on with the big boys, the so-called planets. Um, but what you just said is very interesting to me because we just interviewed Dylan Soccosio and his research has brought him around to accepting that the age change happened in the 1700s. That's very, very interesting to me. Um, I had been at a place where I'd been seriously considering that what I think it's the light of Egypt lays down Burgoyne or whatever his name is. Uh, he claims 1881. Um, both of both those numbers, whether it was Dylan's, because I, I added it up as he laid it down it's some to nine, a completion number, as does obviously 1881 but 1881 really, well, both of those numbers work. So if it, if it was in the 1700s, these world fairs are waiting for the slight transition in and then doing exactly what you said, or they're queuing up as it happens. Uh, if, if 1881 was a better number, this is very interesting to me.
1: Yeah. Somehow, I mean, for sure, something very bizarre was happening and now you can push it back at least the way our history is presented to us. You can sort of take that 1860 for sure to 1800 and a little bit before that we have a chunk of 60 or 70 years where you've got such bizarre things that just don't make any sense right from tecumseh's comet to the year without a summer to the mississippi changing course and running the other way to uh the weird native indian wars that uh, are hard to understand you've got the uh the magic building of cities in North America. You've got a worldwide Napoleonic Wars with battlefields with no bodies. You've got the U.S. Civil War that you can't really figure out what it was. You've got you've got this unbelievable period of time that makes no sense. And then all of a sudden, we have these magic fairs just created out of nowhere, and then they just disappear. Now, of course, they didn't disappear per se. The fair, the fairs themselves continued. They just after 1915, they changed into something different. And, you know, there was, bizarrely, there's one going on right now in Dubai. Like
0: today, as we speak, there's a World's Fair going on. So damn interesting to me, everything you're laying down. I'm so happy that even though social media is kind of so censored at this point and all content is weighed and measured, uh, which makes it very difficult for seekers to find anything meaningful, but even just things like the, the, the civil war. Yeah, it's, it's near impossible to understand, but the work Jason and I've done with, with legal minds showed damn well that they were cutting the, the head off the body. Uh, Part of that was about banking. Part of that was about setting up a legal system, which fits perfectly with what you're saying, because all of a sudden, everybody's been translated in the legal ideas over to I don't know what am I gonna call it? Merchandise, <laughs> you know, chattel, whatever you want to call it, that's where the run was. And we've demonstrated that there was this big thing happening. Lord only knows how many other things were happening.
1: Yeah. And one of the other things really interesting when you look at photographs of these early fairs is looking at the people. First of all, like Chicago, like at 27 million people supposed to be going to this thing. I mean, talk about how that's even possible. But when you see the photographs they look so out of place. Like they they just, the people look like, it's like their first day off a spaceship almost. It's like they have no idea where they are. And and that's the other thing, in uh, many cases, this lost sort of, or or they look like movie extras. That's another description you can give of the people in the photograph. So it's also, who are these people that are supposed to be, that are in these photographs throughout these spirits. Where did they come from? And do they know anything at all? Like literally, is this the first day they've crawled out of, whatever. And this is their re-indoctrination in the world. It's Again, the more you look into anything of this subject, that I've kind of kept doing since last year, it just gets stranger and stranger. How
2: would they get photos with people in them in the first place if the people didn't stand still for, I forget for how long you had to, but like the cameras back then, didn't you have to sit still for a good several minutes minimum or be a blurred mess?
1: I I don't know. I mean, if, if you look at photos of like the Chicago fair, there's no problem having images with, with the people in them, no problem at all of having, so uh, either there's no blurring by that point or, uh, or the whole story of blurring is, is a story in itself.
0: You know, there, there's a whole bit of logic we could apply here that matches some of the logic you lose, you use later on here. These are world's fairs. These are big deals meant to represent everybody. And yet it is so difficult to find artifacts and things. There are books here and there, but think of something like Antiques Roadshow. If the World's Fair was as they claimed it was, wouldn't you expect that regularly there would be a ticket stub or, you know, just these little artifacts of this thing that had happened and you see almost nothing. And by the way, my native city, San Diego, um, it appears was pretty much put on the map with a world fair called the Panama exposition or whatever they called it. And, uh, what happened was there was this big deal thing, which was weird because it seems to have been in conjunction with something else going on up in, uh, San Francisco, like, like it was a side, a side shoot, but then the Navy and the military come in and put San Diego firmly on the map. In other words, there's a city, it's not that big. I guess the ports aren't that great, or whatever they're saying. And suddenly there's an exposition, and suddenly there is a huge naval presence. Definite change can be associated with the so-called World's Fair, which is odd too. I don't think they called it a World's Fair on the on the West Coast.
1: I think they did. Oh yeah, yeah. And San Diego, no. In San Diego, maybe not because it was kind of like a piece of the of the one that was going on in San Francisco. Right. So San Francisco was the World's Fair, and San Diego was like a, a like a. Panama Traveling exposition, Traveling extra
0: piece. Yeah. You know, they they called it the Panama Exposition. And there yeah. are in, in San Diego, there are precious few things left over from that. Because at one time I, I had an interest in that. And there was some footage and you know, the Ford building or the car building, whatever it was. Some of those buildings are still standing. And if you go into Balboa, which was apparently pretty much put together for this. It is a unique place. San Diego's Balboa Park uh, was used in the filming of Citizen Kane because the architecture is kind of so old world, more quality. It's just, it's bizarre to say the least. Almost like they came in and they said, look at all these things we can build. Look at all the science we have. And you're never going to see them again after we shut the doors here. (laughs) So
1: we, we will see what this television show eventually tries to present. They are going to, I think, do a really good job of. Really hammer the narrative. I can, I like, I literally, I can almost see it now in my head how they're going to be. Like, I know what they're going to say, but it's, it's like I can almost see the images of how they're going to present. This is how
0: it was done. Here's your platform. Use it. Um, put your suspicions out, and we can certainly cover this when it's there. And maybe you can say, "Told you so." And that is a powerful thing to be able to do.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to show the the challenges of the workers and and the you know getting them all uh, workers uh, so many workers and so many working cheaply and dying and having problems they're going to try to show that and they're going to show how how wonderfully fast it is working with this new staff this plaster and they'll show one building being put up in this in record time you know with wood and and plaster and letting you know that's how all of them are done like they won't they won't you know I I can just see it now that they don't have to show a lot of stuff. It's little, little pieces of things. And that'll be enough to get in, to get into the minds of, and that's how everything else was done.
0: Don't forget San Diego because almost always like the white city, there are some pictures around there. There is some coverage you can get your hands on. It's like amazing. And then you're told, Oh, it was all facades and plaster and they tore it down in three days when they were done or whatever there, but San Diego, look at Balboa park. Um, That was not, sodded together per se even though they make claims that some of it was but you know look at the Oregon pavilion look at I think it's the aerospace building now it was round I think it was Ford or something to do with cars at the time um, and Balboa Park is like the gem of San Diego so how come all these other places everything was torn down but Balboa Park in San Diego was pretty much kept and then elaborated on.
1: Yeah, that's another problem with but actually I've been noticing that there's been several people even who interviewed me a year or a year and a half ago in a sense praising the work have over in the last 3 or 4 months have kind of started attacking my work, which is really odd in itself too. And and a lot of the presentation is really trying to push sort of this this already beginning this but they're just like the way you build a movie set. You know, when you go to the mo- to a movie set, they can put those up really really quickly. And they're missing the point, but A movie set is meant to be stuff in the background. It's like just a, it's a background image. So of course you can build it out of wood and plaster and just, it's, nothing's happening. It's just, it's just being filmed into. These are all buildings that have 20, 30,000 people attending every day that have works of art, statues, uh, you know, priceless technology. Uh, You can't just have a facade and then all of a sudden have the building collapse on 30,000 people you know, these things all have to be built to excellent standards to survive the six months of the building process. And so it's just funny to see these kinds of presentations. It's like, but you you can't, it's not a movie set. It's an actual, you know, it's equivalent of like Disneyland and you, you're not just going to have a bunch of facades at Disneyland. They have to be real structures. And so it's, it's pretty
0: strange. I guess I would add two things. Uh, the first thing is, In the more sane world that was early on in my life, you didn't attack people if you didn't agree with their work. And the fact that that's what goes on now demeans it and shows the kind of unworthiness that it is. There's no need to respond when you see attacks. If someone has gotten it wrong and you think you can do a better job, you simply present your better job. And this idea of attack is, uh, it's a cheapening to the point where if when I dealt with it, I just ignore it. It's not even worth it. But, um, as you were speaking, it occurred to me that one of the world's fairs was in two very big movies. One of them was men in black because the flying saucers were left over from the world fair. And that big, that big globe wire statue thing is still there. And they, they did that again in, uh, in the Marvel movies when one of the, I don't know, maybe it was Tony Stark's dad. I don't know. One of the genius scientists had a car that was hovering, like a 1930s car was hovering and then it broke and he laughs it off and says, well, it's not quite ready yet. But these are all tells.
1: Yeah, I forgot about the men in black thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the spaceships and they crashed the spaceship through through the World Fair Globe thing. And yeah, on and on it goes. Um, should, should we move up to Dubai? Because I don't know sure. a damn thing about it. So apparently there's World Fair in Dubai. There's the
1: World's Fair right now in Dubai. It started October the first. It finishes March the 31st. It was supposed to happen in 2020, but it was canceled or postponed. And that's one thing we that that I I was curious to talk to you guys about too is I don't think the year 2020 has ended. I, I don't think we're actually it doesn't feel like we're in 2022. We've just been in The year 2020, and it's just like continued for two years. And like, here's a perfect example. This is the name of it is Expo 2020, but it's happening in
0: 2022. It's like the year hasn't ended. Didn't they do that with the Olympics too, or did they shift the number? Do you know?
1: I don't know if they shifted the number, actually.
0: I don't either, but uh, I think it was all Chinese. Yeah. When they started billing, there's an Olympic 2020. Uh, oh, Covidius minimus can't do anything like they're doing with this World Fair, apparently. And it is very odd to keep the number of what you postpone from probably easy for a cover story. Well, we had all the printing done and the painters have gone home. <laughs> you know, That's probably yeah. what you're going to be told, but it's still very odd.
2: Yeah. Uh, they're labeling it as 2022. I just looked it up.
0: They did shift it.
2: Yeah.
1: No, no, that's the, for China, but uh, Tokyo, because Tokyo was supposed to be in 2020 and it happened last year, right?
0: Yeah, look, at, take a look at Tokyo and see if they so did I say think I
1: When I look for Tokyo, I see nothing that says Tokyo
0: 2021.
2: You are correct. It says 2020 Summer Games took place July 23rd, 2021 through August 8th,
0: 2021. Yes. Sounds like a reset. I hadn't even thought about this before Howdy brought it up, but let's think about this. 100 years from now, people go back to look at the Dubai World Fair. Oh, that happened in 2020. Oh look, the Olympics happened twenty twenty. Uh, they're already doing a cover up of the covidius minimus.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's yeah, it, but to me, it's like the year hasn't ended. Good observation. Okay, so we have the World's Fair going on in Dubai, and it's strange. It's uh, like all World's Fairs are strange, but this one is also strange. It, it has a focus, of course, on AI. It has a focus on the use of technology, particularly drone technology with medical supplies. It has, and this is, this one's really interesting from our conversation. It is built like, I guess what you would call a smart city. I'm looking at their page right now. They're calling it a LEED gold platinum certified buildings and infrastructure of which 80% of the expo will be saved and reused as a some, some kind of special sustainable community in Dubai. So everywhere else wants to build their stuff and blow it up. Dubai has decided to build it and keep it all. Is it supposed to be part of that future smart city thingy that they've been building? It must be, although it, it's a, it, when I read the thing, it says, transitioning into District 2020, the Expo 2020 Dubai will live long after we close our doors at the end of March 2022. This sustainable human-centric smart city will reuse at least 80% of the Expo-built infrastructure. As an integrated mixed-use community, it will carry on and fulfill the Expo's founding vision to be an ecosystem to connect, create, and innovate
0: almost sounds like a part of a strategic power shift away from the Western worlds. Think about what we're saying here. So the World Fair over in the white knight, America, uh, most of that went away or a good part of it went away. San Diego is an exception. I'm not sure what else might be, but what these folks are doing is coming up with the latest and greatest. So they claim with their agenda, and then they're going to use it. And again, I am stuck on the observation you made. Um, They're doing a time warp here. I have been studying the calendars and how the Caesars and others and the popes literally dumped 70 some years off a calendar and then readjusted the narrative 15 years. In some cases, feels to me like we're witnessing a maybe a lesser version of that Um, because there's no way people in 50 or 100 years won't know anything except what's on the internet. And it's gonna say twenty twenty. That's a time warp.
1: Yeah, and I I do. I find it with people I talk to as well. Like normally, when you would talk to people, they would know if something happened a year ago or five months ago, or you know. But once the sort of twenty twenty hits, they really don't. If you ask them when did that happen, was it a couple? And they, I don't know, a couple of months, year and a half. I don't really know. It's like even the time frame, because it's been so chaotic, so mixed up, so. So abnormal people themselves don't really have their own time frame of the past two years of when anything has happened. So it's almost like average people are sort of lost in in the in the time warp itself as well.
0: Another thing I could imagine going on here is well, Dubai might be a bad example, but being in a part of the world where they now are leading in technology, it's probably still, you know, kind of shiny still because historically that culture wasn't really enmeshed with tech, but Basically, smart cities. A better world. A better word or idea for smart cities would be digital fence. Everything you do in a smart city, everything you do in a smart city, everywhere you go, everything you purchase, everything you use is tracked. And um, we're looking to get someone, an expert on the blockchain, so people can quit saying, "Oh, crypto's great, blockchain block." They have no freaking clue. What a what a nightmare blockchain is not to mention nobody knows you know who built all that crypto nonsense but the other thing you mentioned here is ai and drone attached to medical tech doesn't that almost scream like you know drone people have a dim view of drones mostly they've got to figure out an event where the drones come to save the day like oh no one can come in here's your metal medical tech you know delivered by drones and by the way amazon now uses them you know what i'm saying
1: yeah, it's a and like I say, artificial intelligence. That's a really huge, scary part of the fair, and um, and you can go in and and on their on the website, and you'll see like a little thirty second clips of everything. You know, it, it, it's just again, it's I, I always find that at least the recent fairs because the the fair before this one was in uh, uh, was in Beijing, China. And there'd been one in Milan before that. And it's almost like the fairs, again, are giving you a peek ahead as to what they want, what they want the focus of the world to be in three or four or five years. So if you look around that, that what's happening in Dubai, you're going to get a sense of what's coming.
0: So I'm guessing people could probably go online and get vast imagery from this fair that I didn't even know was going on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean. Yeah, even the the main page, the main uh, which is expo2020Dubai.com. It's got loads of stuff you can just look at. And speaking of this, this is uh, this this now. Did you? I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but this this I saw in a Max Eigen clip a little while ago. But he was showing a bunch of people walking around naked in the middle of main streets in the last like week or two, sort of. And he seemed to think a lot of it was happening in Dubai that most of the clips he was seeing was from Dubai, which, of course, that would mm. never happen in Dubai. People just walking around naked. And so no. that, as soon as I heard that, that clued in, does this have something to do with the fairs? Does this have something to do with this with this fair that's going on that's causing people to walk naked in the streets? I mean, I, I can't verify the timing or when this happened or if they were in Dubai. I'm just mentioning it in case other people have seen this as well. And I'm just throwing it out there as uh, another odd thing that's connected potentially
0: to this. Well. If we've learned anything from world fairs, people with an interest in this should go online, they should save the pictures, the maps, whatever's available. But I, the first things I'd be doing is I'd be looking, taking a look at the sky clock for when it's supposedly start I, I know damn well they're doing a time shift here with the Olympics and this other thing. And it feels to me like the only reason to do it would be to minimize what's actually been done um, because the law is going to catch up with COVID, either that or a total takeover. But I would play the word game. What's the street name? What's the orientation of the street? Save all that down um, because it could change over time or Lord only knows. But I would definitely be playing the words have meaning game. And by the way, do you know if English is the primary language in Dubai for all this?
1: Oh, good question. I know you can go and get see a ton of languages if you want to, to see the website in, obviously.
0: Like signs. I guess we it wouldn't take long for someone to go take a look and just see the signs. I'm guessing Arab. Uh, if I had to venture a guess, it would be like the street signs. Like when you're going to Mecca, it'll be in Arabic and a lot of the signs underneath will say something in English.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing on the map. So I've got a map that has Arabic i can speak a little arabic but i had trouble reading it and then beside it will be a a, yeah an an english name like sky avenue mobility district sustainability district mangrove avenue wisdom avenue jubilee avenue
0: jubilee avenue so so the arabs have taken on a jewish idea to name their avenue (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: so according to
2: visit dubai.com arabic is the official language but under do people speak English in Dubai, it says absolutely. English is the most commonly spoken language in Dubai.
0: That That's, you know, the, the cause of that is the Internet. I remember when I was getting my Internet tech degree, France was supposedly pissed off because why isn't the Internet in French? And supposedly uh, the the powers that be that spoke English said, well, go ahead, France, make your own French Internet if you want. But the one we're building, it's in English. <laughs>
1: Uh, the, uh, they're at the top of, I'm looking at the map, at the top of the World Fair map is a place known as the Sun Plaza, and it's set up very similar, like a key look, what you would find at the Vatican. Hmm. And that's like the the top of it. And then as you go down, also, I never looked at the map until you just brought it up. So then the map has an almost vagina-like uh, section, which is in uh, in yellow. On my map. Pisces.
0: It, do, you, do you see any obelisks near that, Yanni?
1: No, but I mean it's it, it's not really Vesica Pisces specific. It, it's more, you know, because because those those two those two rounded those two uh, ovals are perfect. This is more this is more almost like a the way a female vagina looks. Then this connects from what it looks like so you've got like a key figure. Then you've got this I don't know this weird ovally pear shaped thing, and it leads to a, a giant so a perfect circle, of which has a circular dome temple at the middle of it. And then the streets sort of cut it into how many pieces? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven pieces, seven pieces.
2: Mm. By the way, yeah. is that something that's easily accessible on the internet? Or did you have to hunt that down?
1: Yeah, but that's anyway, that's it's just, again, unique that we're talking about this stuff happening with fairs, and we have one going on at this moment.
0: Well, we've got a pretty tuned in crowd that come to participate here. I'm guessing there will probably be some threads. Um, I, I didn't even know this was going on. But <clears throat> do we have more to add about Dubai or can I move us along?
1: Let's move us along. I think we're good.
0: All right. Next one's a big deal because the work and the synchronicity that we did on Notre Dame. Exactly one month before they burned Notre Dame, I had been researching whatever it is the wisdom of the cathedrals, the old Fal- Falconelli test. I don't, I don't remember what the title is, but I'd been looking at all these things. And it occurred to me that they had slowly been removing the path that a living man or woman can take to higher states uh, because the cathedrals were maps, among other things. And one month later, after I said, if you have anything, pictures, books, stuff on the cathedrals, save them away, they're destroying these things. One month later, they burned it. And here's the real kick in the cojones that's going to line up with what you've brought to the table here. In 2016, they did a high resolution digital scan of the entire cathedral. and they burned it down in 2019 a little less than three years later but do you know what they call the digital the digital scan they call it the notre dame digital twin there's there's your metaverse coming now i'm wondering if what you're about to lay down is going to be more evidence for that metaverse when the world is just such a crappy place to deal with, you'd be happy to be plugged in so you can play with butterflies and do whatever you want.
2: You know, that's an interesting point. Are they doing a meta version of this particular expo?
1: Oh, I have no idea.
2: I don't think so. It seems like it would be so modern and hip
0: for them to do.
1: Maybe that'll be at the next one.
0: Well, one of the things I would point out is they're keeping the majority of this, supposedly. That's a big that also is a big tell. That feels like a power shift. America, remember when you were great? Now look east.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's you know, I, I don't know which part you want to go and talk about now, but we've got, yeah, we, yeah, we've got a lot of things to dig into. So I'll let you kind of lead. and
0: The 3D construction uh, of the Chicago fair done by UCLA. That's That's what I was paralleling to the digital twin of Notre Dame before they burned it.
1: Yeah. So that was the, another thing I bumped into was starting, I guess, 20 years ago or something, the Chicago Fair had a digital reconstruction done. And it was, it was, it's magnificent. Like it's truly magnificent. And uh, again, it's, it's on YouTube. You can just. The digital um, construction? Yeah. Or this, this, or, or this, um, this, uh, what do you call it? This uh, trailer of what, what you can see.
0: So we're talking about the White City from the Chicago Fair, right?
1: Right, and it's and they basically sort of in in yeah in like a three in three D remade it. And what I thought was so important about it was, first of all, it took I think eighteen years to to do it. So the the actual fair, seven hundred acres, you could build that in in two years, but to actually just build a, a you know a digital model on a computer, that's going to take you eighteen years. So, so that was the first thing that was weird. But, what, but it was. if anybody goes to look at the exposition, uh, this gives you an idea of just how vast it was. Just how vast and big. Because it's one thing to look at some pictures. It's one thing to, you know, it's, it's another thing to see it. Like if you, if you, if you, if you for those of you uh, looking around, if you just click Columbia or say Chicago Exposition Virtual, for example, 1893. I got a no- Yeah, you'll get a look. number of options. And it's the one that's like, it says, uh, I've got one here that says Chicago's 1893 Exposition. Uh, is this the one that's done by UCLA? I think it's this one. There, there's one that was done that I, I wish I trying to remember where this is. I had bookmarked it and now I can't find it. Uh, I may have to go into my own YouTube site. But it shows you just how huge and vast this thing was. Oh, wow. And wow. and again, that makes you wonder, you know, because that, that was the third thing that really got me asking questions about these fairs. Because I, I had always said, okay, they're either built with a the technology they don't have or they are built with uh, or, or they are, you know, updated. Okay, I finally found it. It's uh, the, the, if you're looking for it, it's called World Columbian Exposition Fair of 1893 UCLA 3D Recreation. Make sure you put UCLA in your search box, and then you would find it. And I started to I started to wonder, what if the fairs? And this is this is this is a mind blowing question. What if our experience in this reality is only about 150 or 200 years older? Uh, that actually, everything before 150 years old is just Backstory, like a robot in Westworld, and they actually create started the world with these fairs that they were actually computer programmed in, as like almost like computer chips of information, and they the same way information will, will sort of spread out from these from 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 a, a, a file downloaded in your computer. You might say the same thing happened with these. So I'm wondering if they were literally. If they were literally programmed in, not built,
0: I can totally see how you get to that logic. And people are probably rolling their eyes, but here's the problem. I, some years ago, had found a picture. I think the first one I saw was San Francisco. And the city, it was a picture, a good black and white picture from a raised, a very raised elevation, which brings on the question what were they standing on? How did they get that high to take the picture? Because it feels like you're in a place where there wouldn't be anything high enough. The entire city is empty. And then I became aware that there are versions of the same thing all over the world. Paris. Um, I don't remember all the places. I think even in, in Russia, the completely built cities. How could you possibly get a picture with no one on the streets? I mean, you're looking at a city that's probably holding hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Uh, In some of the images, you can see how vast and built out the city is. And so these present a problem. But what's even more is we can go to places in the world with these old monolithic stone built, marble built structures. And it feels to me like half of the stuff that the royalty claimed they had been responsible for, that they just moved into, that it was old tech, that they couldn't possibly build if they had to. Um, these are the logical problems we come to. So the only reason I'm pointing that out is because yeah. I see, I did the logic that you're doing. It's just that I try to curb my, I, I would rather curb myself to conservative error just because of the way that I do things. Uh, but I, I know damn well how you got to that logic.
1: Yeah, same thing. I just I just had to kind of say I can't throw that off the table, but really no. I want I really hope people will take some time find this UCLA reconstruction, and just go look at it. It's only like six minutes long, so it's not a long video, and then you really see the buildings, the lakes, the 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 dome structures, the the gold that's everywhere. The The walkways, the, I mean, and you try to realize this is what they say was built in two years when you, when you get a glimpse of it this way. And it's, and and it's like, you know, it's like the equivalent of a little drone is flying over it. That's how they're presenting it to you.
0: There's a tell in the Kinu narrative. Well, we're not sure if he's the murderer or the architect. There's your big clue. (laughs) Here's the big two heroes, the evil guy and the guy who built this. I was under the impression, I don't know if this is true, but I was under the impression, and I don't know why, whether it was in the devil and the white city or something else I looked at that magically, like the moon launches, there's no blueprints. No. That was no. one of the things I had come across. And I don't know if that's correct. Have you heard that, like for Chicago, there's there's no remaining blueprints? I've never heard of I've never heard of a of a blueprint anywhere. No. So it's like the moon landing. And see, in, in the in the consciousness bump that those of us that have lived as we should uh, have gotten, and it's not probably not even much compared to where we're gonna go if you don't take inoculations and all the other crap designed to kneecap you, these little things are the biggest tells. When the TV show comes out, when the cover of the magazine comes out, when the best-selling novel comes out, when the main plot is, oh, there's murder, 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 and architect, architect, architect. Why is the architect going to represent? The problem is because what Howdy is showing, and I can smell it all day long, I just can't prove it to the person standing next to me, but I don't care. I still know what I know. This is a cover story. Um, Mm -hmm. And by the way, the reason the murderer is there is to tangle up your mind. So you don't look too carefully at the cover story uh, on and on it goes.
1: Yeah. And, and when it comes to blueprints, even the, one of the things that was very because I, I saw some building contractors when I first started writing my book and the Chicago exposition, according to the narrative, uh, got its go ahead in January of 18, 187, 1891, I think it was 1890. Anyway, they took about one month to do all the planning. 700 <laughs> acres were planned completely in one month. And this guy said, if you were giving me that job today, that would take us two years. Especially with computers. The intric- yeah. And with that, that's we're talking because of all the lakes, all the, all the plans we have to do. It's supposedly built on a swamp, as we'll get to, that. Uh, how you're going to handle the swamp. One month. So, of course, there wouldn't be blueprints. Why do you need them? All you need is a month to plan the whole thing, all of your complete building construction, piece of cake.
0: You know, in a way, Howdy, there are these overarching truths that guide me greatly and i'm not the smartest guy in the world but i'm very good at deciphering what's acceptable and i'm very good at deciphering why i think should not be acceptable doesn't make me right all the time but when you see these narratives of a place like chicago's a good example oh well there was prohibition and gangsters were fighting and everyone knows the names al capone you know everybody knows them lucky luciano these are the snaring of the human mind in a drama that draws their attention away from all these other things that they could be questioning to try to get back to reality. And it's the same story of Vegas. You know, I, I finally realized um, Vegas is one of my least favorite places in the world. It is, it's seedy. It's a, and by the way, if you get one or two streets over from the main drag, it's a freaking dump. And when you look at Vegas and the story, well, these gangsters were, you know, the feds were always on them. So they went to a different state. I guess the feds couldn't see them there. They built this <laughs> whole drug prostitution, elegant gambling thing where everyone wore a suit and tie. Fed still couldn't see them. They made Lord knows how much money. And by the way, did you hear about this guy, Bugsy Siegel? There's a movie about him. You can go see what happened to poor Bugsy Siegel. It's the same story all over. You can no longer separate the so-called mob from the so-called government or the controllers. You can't do it. It cannot be done logically. The desert is not invisible. The amount of money they were making is not invisible. The drinking, the gambling, the drug, all the things they were doing is not invisible. But when corporate America finally takes it over, it's almost like, okay, you guys got this far enough down the road. Now we're going to make it legit. Um, they knock down all the old buildings and they build an amusement park. Uh, I'm just saying it's these logical little things that can set a mind, at least on a reasonable path that everybody overlooks. I mean, what do you think? Well,
1: I mean, I haven't thought too, too deeply about the the history of Las Vegas, of course, but
0: yeah, I mean, it, it is a strange story when you do think about it a little bit. Same story as the Chicago fair in certain ways. What, what's the, so a Chicago fair is amazing beyond belief. You would imagine people would have done tons of movies. Well, finally, some dude in the two thousands, what was it? Jason Ott three, um, carot two, whatever Jason said, ought nine. I don't remember. He says, well, oh, I'm going to write a book on this amazing thing because everyone's ignored it. And what's he do? He introduces the thing to focus on. Hey, there's a murder in the white city, man. I'm just saying it's the same game over and over at differing levels.
1: Yes. Somebody asked me recently, they said, you know, in all of your years as a historian, because I, I went to university as a historian, right? They, they said, did you ever run in or bump into these world's fairs before you started researching them? And it was a really interesting question because, okay, I mean, I knew there, I'm from Canada. I knew there'd been a world, big world's fair in Montreal in 1967. I had not paid much attention, but I knew it had, it had been there. There wasn't one in Vancouver in 2010, but I even studied US history roughly in that post Civil War period to like the First World War, the exact timeline. I studied U.S. history at university. I remember doing a term paper on the New York police force. I remember doing a term paper on, on the, uh, the emergence of the telephone. Never once did I see a photograph of one World's Fair. How is that possible?
0: So there it is. There, you're coming. This is why social programming works. How is it that all the intelligent, educated, bright people who never went to college don't find the logical, obvious logical problem that you're pointing out. And to me, this comes back to the TV. This comes back to the schooling. Our minds have been trained to ignore the logic because they've been trained to accept certain things. And what you you just pointed out is exactly what I was trying to get at. How can it be? This was, look what happens at these things. The Eiffel Tower, everyone in the world knows, well, how did it get there? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. how are any of these things not a big deal talked about and movies made all the time. As a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about, it, I think there's a, uh, is it Elvis or Sinatra feels like it might be Elvis at one of the world fair movies out that I don't think I've ever seen, but, but I'm sure if I looked at them now uh, they'd be full of tells
1: one, just, just to show you how crazy all this stuff is. And this, this was found by John Levy and, and, John still finds some really good stuff on his channel, but he was looking into the Philadelphia Fair of 1876, sort of the first big one in the US. And it it was placed on the spot that it had a different World's Fair before that in 1864, known as the Great Sanitary Fair, a fair that was designed to raise money for medicine and bandages for the for people who, you know, are getting their legs chopped off in the Civil War, apparently. That's the story. The place was huge. Here's the here's the bizarre thing the fair raised $1 million for bandages. I think the cost to put it on was 20 million.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) Language, language, howdy. To me, that feels like genetic ideas. To me, that feels like the introduction of, hey, man, there's these little things called germs. And by the way, we're going to do COVID later. We got to get this germ thing going now. That's what it feels like to me. And by the way, I usually don't know things about the news and big things that happen online unless Jason or Rose or someone tells me about them. But isn't there a big thing about orphan babies associated with the uh, with the fairs?
1: Yeah, are actually baby incubators? Is the big every fair has these thing known as that they're called baby incubators, and they are they were like you you would pay like a dollar or something to go in and and see these babies in these like glass cases, which they're trying to claim that they were, I think they were like babies that were too small to be uh, too small to live or something. And by placing them in these, in these incubators, they would go on and live. But here's how weird the stuff was. Like in, I don't remember the world's fair, if it was Nashville, if it was Omaha or something, one of the babies was raffled off. They, they raff, they actually had a raffle where if you won the raffle, you took the, baby and I guess the incubator home with you. It's just what It's bizarre.
0: All these people out there, do you know that God's not quite doing it good enough? But luckily <laughs> yeah, these was- clever geniuses have come up with an incubator. Now, when I was young, it was commonplace in my mind for a newborn baby to be placed in an incubator, whether they were healthier, they were not. I actually had a friend I grew up with whose brother was blinded because of misuse of an incubator. Now, you can see what's going on here. This is the cleaving, as I like to call it, from the natural world. God doesn't quite make babies all the way. Luckily, we've invented an incubator, so we can take it the rest of the way from here. That's got to be what's going on here, isn't it? At At a world fair, showing things that nobody's ever seen.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I think a huge part of this, like we talked about previously, is creating whatever narrative you want to create. I mean, there it is. Uh, dinosaurs, this is one of the places they were presented uh, to the public for the first time, was at World's Fairs, the Smithsonian. <laughs> um, you put the dinosaurs on display. And, and I talked about, of course, in the book, i know, with you guys, all of the historical exhibits, like, or uh, not even exhibits, historical interactive experiences you could have. At the St. Louis World's Fair of 1904, that would have made you believe you were in ancient Rome or in in Siberia or in old Paris or whatever. That they they were they were manufacturing, they were manufacturing uh, the the entire narrative we've come to believe is our world. And so the good news is is I think the good news for us is we can say if that's true. We can use these fairs to tear apart the narrative we've been told and believed all of our lives and try to say, well, what's, what, if anything, is before these fairs? Because there would have to be more truth in that presentation than what we've got since 1850.
0: All right. That's a good place to take our break for hour one. But I'm going to close with a demonstration. I love that you pointed out dinosaurs came into the world mind through one of these expositions, these world fairs. Once upon a time. Jason and I had had enough of dinosaurs sometime long ago. I had stumbled across a chat room when I used to still surf the internet. And there were these engineers saying, Hey man, dinosaurs are impossible. Here's the math. Can't work. Um, you know, legs can't be strong enough. Guts fall out the bottom. What would that rib cage at, you know, they're, they're going at it like this. And I thought it was interesting to say the least. Later on, as it became very clear to me, Um, from watching what children are shown and the movies coming out, dinosaurs never exist. So Jason, I do a show and here's the funny thing. It gets wildly popular. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it got like 25,000 hits really quick. And then on YouTube, the numbers went backwards and it had dropped to like, I don't know, half that or something. How long was it, Jason? I think it was, we released it. And two days later, I think it was national geographic announced that they had discovered this amazing nodosaur. <laughs> I'm not even kidding here. They discovered it in the spring because that's when all good alchemy has to start right in the spring, mm-hmm. two days after we had published this and the numbers had been thrown back. Uh, they, they, they took out the nodosaur, which was funny because immediately we we're taking apart the words, no dose or that's basically no dinosaur. They're telling you there, isn't it? Um, and we took that apart and that clip, you can go look it up on my YouTube channel to this day. That clip has ridiculously no numbers. And, and within less than a day, I think it had picked up like 25,000 hits. But, Howdy, please tell people where they can find your work and get a hold of you if you like. And by the way, if you give out an email address in hour one, you might get bombarded.
1: Yeah, it's well, I, people still can go over to a YouTube channel that's uh, Howdy McCoskey Talks. Um, and there is a YouTube, um, or there is a, um, email on the about page. If you just go in and sign in, you, you can get can get that from there. Um, that's a good place to start. You can search my name on Amazon and check my books. The um, The exposition book was fully revised last year. So uh, changed, cleaned up, new things added to it, uh, new stories that I didn't have in. So it's uh, if you hadn't bought the book and were thinking of it, that's been updated. But all the books are there on Amazon. Those are good places to start with and uh, we can go from there.
0: All right. I'm very excited to get into hour two. I truly appreciate the logic that you lay down to open up the questioning, because what I've noticed is a mind that's kind of gotten over those first little humps and can sense things that they can't describe to another, begin to realize the fugazi nature of everything and it gets to a point and people get frustrated. Well, I'm not going to go there because I'm not here to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, I'm excited to get into hour two, the things that we're going to cover. That brings 387, hour one, to a close with Jason Lindgren and Howdy Mikowski. And I'd like to see everybody for hour two at crow777radio.com. That 777 C-R-R-O-W-7777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full show or the second hour. There it is. Uh, this is going to be very interesting when we come back. And I'd like to wish everybody out there listening a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.